Today is Daf Chesam Aleph in Psachim, Psachim 8a. Um, and this idea of looking and saying, what did we miss yesterday? If we learned this page uh, yesterday, what might we have missed? That very question of what might we have missed is a great question to ask all the time. It should just be part of one's, part of one's life. Uh, you're speaking to somebody, what could I have missed? Uh, you're reading something, you're walking somewhere, driving somewhere, traveling, what could I have missed? You're in a meeting, what might I have missed? A really important question. So that's the uh, starting point of this series of Shirim each day, looking back at the previous daf and saying, hey, what, what might I have missed? And the piece that I want to focus on uh, today is about uh, the, the candles that we use for the checking for chametz, for the dikas chametz. Uh, there are a number of times that candles are important in halacha, of course, that the candles of Shabbos and Yom Tov. Uh, there's the candle we use for Havdalah, and there's the candle we use for checking for Chomets on the night before Pesach. And the uh, Gemara has established that the night before Pesach, you can't use an avuka, you can't use a torch, a multi-wicked candle. You need to use a single-wicked candle, a nair. And the Gemara asks, uh, and, and, and really, the avuka law, can you not use a torch? Can you not use a multi-wicked candle? Now pause here for a moment and consider what would you expect the Gemara to carry on saying? If you were writing the Gemara, what would come next? And, and the torch not? Surely you would then say, but a, a torch provides much more light than a candle. Why wouldn't one be permitted to use a torch? That should be the question. But that's not where the Gemara goes. And it's really important when you're learning to use your emotions because your emotions tell you when there's something hidden underneath the text that you need to probe for. And the most important emotions when you're learning are surprise, almost shock when you notice something and you're surprised. If you don't get surprised, you're just reading and translating and you're gathering information, you will never discover the treasures. Uh, but surprise, to be able to, be so, to say, wow, this is so surprising, that alerts you to the fact that you need to dig deeper. And the other is humor. Sometimes you look at something you say that's really funny. So here there's surprise. The Gemara says, can you, can you not use a torch? Surely you should be able to use a torch. And you would expect the Gemara to go on and say, because a torch provides more light than a candle. But that's not what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, Rabbah, did Rabbah not say? The Gemara brings a, an obscure pasuk from Habakkuk in the Tanakh, where God will radiate his light, his energy on the tzaddikim in, in future times. But their light will not be anything like the light of Hashem himself, of course. And Rava adds and says, as bright and as radiant as the righteous people are, the tzaddikim, how are they compared to the Shekhinah, to Hashem himself? Rava says, explaining this verse from Habakkuk, they will be like a candle in the presence of a torch. A candle gives a lot of light. If it's alone in the dark, it provides light in the darkness. But if it's next to a torch, it doesn't provide light at all. It's irrelevant next to the torch. And so the tzaddikim in, the, in this world are very radiant and powerful and energetic. But when they're next to the, the power and radiance of Hashem, you would hardly notice it. They would be irrelevant. From there we see, says the Gemara, that an avuka, a torch, provides more light, much more light than a nair, than a candle. So why not use it for Havdalah? And this is, this is, why not use it for checking for Chomet's Erev Pesach? 
And this is so strange. It's, it's almost absurd. Surely we know that a torch provides more light. Our experience tells us that a torch provides more light. Is it really necessary to bring an obscure verse from Habakkuk and Rav's explanation of the verse to tell us that an avuka, that a torch provides more light than a, than a, a no? And here I want to introduce you to a, a thought, an idea that a Ben Torah, somebody who studies Torah has, um, and it's, it's very difficult. It's a very difficult idea for us who brought up and raised in the world of science and data uh, to, to relate to that. And that is that we experience reality and we know reality from our experience, from our five senses. We know what, what reality is. But there is a difference between reality and truth. Reality is something we know through our senses. It's, it's uh, experience, it's perception, it's opinion, it's assumptions that we make. There are not a lot of things that we know for absolutely for absolute sure. A lot of our knowledge base is based on assumptions and opinions and current views and current theories of science. And these things change from time to time. And even things we can experience completely on our own. We can see light. We can see that a torch provides more light than a, than a candle. Yes, that's experiential and that is reality. But there's a dimension of truth which is different from reality. The fact that we experience the world in certain ways could still be subjective. It is subjective. Even though 7 billion people experience that aspect of the world in the same way, it's still subjective. It is the subjective experience of 7 billion people. And it could be because of century things in, 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 in our system, in our physiology, that that's how a human being senses things. But is it true? In other words, in the world of reality, of Hashem's reality, in the world of absolute truth, is what we experience true? That we can't know from experience alone. That we can't know from our senses alone. We've got to have a method of getting beyond opinion, assumption or perception. And that method is when we can prove something from the Torah. When we can prove something from the Torah, then it's Hashem's truth. It's not just subjective truth. And it adds an, a dimension of quality to, 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 the, to truth. When we're looking at Hashem's truth, it's not just a quantitative issue. Quantity we sense. Quantity we experience. But quality is much more of a spiritual concept. And for quality, sometimes we can sense quality. But for, to be sure that there's a qualitative difference between two people or between two objects, or in this case, between two sources of light. It's not just that an avuka provides more light than an air. It's a qualitatively different light from an air. And it's an appropriate light to use for Havdalah, as the Gemara continues to say. A further proof from Rava, as if it's not enough to bring a verse from Habakkuk, but also Rava says, avuka la Havdalah mitzvah min it's best to use an avuka, to use a torch for Havdola. So again, you see that an avuka is better. And again, do, do we really need two proofs? One from Tanakh and one from Halakha? Do we need two proofs that an avuka is better than a nair, that a torch is better than a candle? Yes, if we want to understand the qualitative differences in truth, not just in reality. In reality, we have our sensory experiences and we can determine reality for ourselves. But if it's an issue of knowing truth and qualitative difference, for that we need um, 
evidence from, from Torah, from Halakha, and that's what the Gemara brings. So that's something that we need to be aware of. And it's interesting that we are taught this le lesson in the matter of light, because light is what enables us to perceive. And we're learning in this piece of Gemara that we need to always understand it's just a perception. And that's why two people can see things very differently. And two people can have very different opinions. And two people can experience the same event in very different ways. And we need to understand that and be, and be understanding and embracing of diverse experiences of the same reality. Because it is subjective after all. But when it comes to proving something from the Torah, that's not subjective at all. There is methodology for that. That's the methodology we're learning in Talmud, in Gemara, the method of proving truth uh, from, the, from the Torah itself. And this difference between a, a candle and between an avuka, the qualitative difference, is really a difference between focus and diffusion. As the Gemara goes on to say, various different reasons why a candle is better than a tor torch, even though in some ways a torch is better, in some instances a torch is better. One you can put into the candle, you can put into little crevices and cracks, whereas a torch you can't. Um, Rab Zvid says a candle provides light in front of it and a torch provides light all over. In other words, a candle's light is concentrated, a torch's light is diffused. And for B'dikas Chomets, we need concentrated light rather than diffused light. This idea of concentration and focus versus diffusion, we see again in a completely different context further on in the Gemara. When the Gemara is discussing, is it possible that while one is doing B'dikas Chomets, if one puts, puts one's hand into cracks and crevices of a, a ruin uh, that, that one could possibly be bitten by a snake or a, a, a scorpion that might be in those places. And the Gemara asks at the bottom of Chetam with Aleph, Did Rabbi Elazar not teach us that a shliach mitzvah, one who is dedicated to doing a mitzvah, can't be damaged on his way? Again, that's a truth. It, it might not always be a reality of our experience for various reasons which the Gemara discusses, but it's an axiom, it's a truth, that if one is a shliach mitzvah, if one is, is, is going to do a mitzvah, then one isn't going to be damaged. You're right that if he was only doing Bedikas Chomets, he was only checking the Chomets for the purpose of the mitzvah and nothing else. He was focused and concentrated and single-minded. Then he would be a shliach mitzvah and he wouldn't be damaged. But maybe he's multitasking. Maybe while he's looking for the Chomets, he says, this is an opportunity to look for that lost ring. My wife lost her ring. It's somewhere in the house. This is an opportunity to look for it. And he looks for it while, while he searches for the Chomets. In that case, it's not going to work. Now the Gemara goes on to say, that's not really true because we know that if you are multitasking, that doesn't detract from the mitzvah. If you're doing a mitzvah and at the same time you're doing something else or you're doing it for some other reason, some personal reason, that doesn't detract from the mitzvah and you can still be a tzaddik amur, you can still be a complete tzaddik or the, or the action at least is a maaset tzedek. The action is an action of righteousness, even though you're multitasking. And multitasking is not a good thing to be doing, and it's not the same, but, but still it's a mitzvah. If while you're um, saying Kriyat Shema, leaving aside the first paragraph of Kriyat Shema, you're busy at the same time putting something, a book away on your shelf, that doesn't mean that the Kriyat Shema is not a Kriyat Shema. A mitzvah is still a mitzvah, even if you're multitasking. And therefore, what should it matter if you're looking for the ring at the same time as you're doing B'dikas Chomets, it's still a great mitzvah. 
But if you look at the wording in the Rashi, you'll see the answer to that. And Rashi says the very bottom line of Rashi there. Bekivan demit kaven af since you also have the intention of looking for the needle or the ring that has been lost, lav shliach mitzvahu v'nizok. He's not a shliach mitzvah, and he could be damaged. Rashi differentiates in the name of Rav Ashi between the mitzvah and the shliach mitzvah. If you do a mitzvah and you're multitasking, the mitzvah is still a good mitzvah. That's not the problem. But you are not a shliach mitzvah. A shliach mitzvah is an individual who at that moment is single-mindedly dedicated to the performance of the mitzvah. He then takes on the being of a shliach mitzvah. And a shliach mitzvah, a shliach mitzvah cannot be damaged, as Rabbi Yelazer teaches us. Uh, but if you're multitasking, although the mitzvah is a perfectly good mitzvah, you are not a shliach mitzvah. The quality, here we have a difference in quality between the object and the subject. The object, the chefzer, the, the mitzvah that is being done is a perfectly good mitzvah. But the quality of an individual who is single-mindedly focused on a mitzvah, and at that time, the difference between that person and a person who at that time is multitasking is like day and night. One is a shliach mitzvah and one is not a shliach mitzvah. And so once again, we get an idea of the qualitative difference between concentration and diffusion. In the first place, we're talking about concentration and diffusion of light. And in the second place, we're talking about concentration and diffusion of concentration.